0: Friends, the twins celebrated a very important and exciting anniversary over the weekend. So, on this edition of Locked On Twins, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about why Tuesday is a big day for twins fans and also maybe get into a little bit of the news of the day. This is Locked On Twins. You are Locked On Twins. Your daily Minnesota Twins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello again and welcome back to Locked On Twins. I'm your host, Brandon Warren, and you can unfollow me on Twitter at Brandon underscore W-A-R-N-E. And I am joined by good friend Dave Brown at Answer Dave Brown. David, how are we doing this eve?
1: We're doing uh, fine, Brandon. It's warmed up a little bit. It's uh, still winter-like, but it it doesn't feel like the the air is going to kill you. So that's good.
0: I heard a rumor you had a late dinner. What did you end up eating?
1: We went to this. uh, We didn't went. I I got takeout at uh, 54th Street Grill. I don't know if you're familiar, but it's very TGI uh, Fridays-ish kind of a place. Tipsy McStagger's. And actually, it was quite good. I had uh, a salad, which I could use, and um, mozzarella sticks to ruin it. Uh, but they were both. It was very, very good. Very good. Apples and pecans and mozzarella
0: sticks. Well, that sounds like what we did for lunch. We went to a place around here and I got buffalo chicken strips and a bowl of cheeseburger soup. So, yeah, not not what I needed, but it is what it is. Uh Thanks, though everyone, for making Locked On Twins your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts, also on YouTube, and as part of the Locked On Podcast Network, we are your team every going to do my best not to be low energy this evening, Dave Brown, but I just watched an absolute abomination of a Timberwolves game. So it's, uh, yeah, it's a uh, weird territory that we're in. Uh, today's episode, though, is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, a new customer can get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. Win or lose, visit FanDuel.com slash on to get started. Dave, the bearer of bad news can be either me or you, but James Paxton is signing with the Dodgers. Your thoughts?
1: Well, I thought you said the bears are bad news, and I'm like, well, tell me something I don't know. Yeah, right. Um, But uh, uh, James Paxton has been uh, plucked away by an eagle, and he's landed in Los Angeles. The news was broken, I suspect, by a friend of his. I saw on Twitter someone named Chad broke the news, and uh, he's from British Columbia, and he's not a reporter, but he seems to know Paxton's whereabouts, and people are crediting him. So good job, Chad. Uh, Bad job, Twins. Uh, This is the first time I feel a little unhappy about uh, whatever the front office is doing. I feel uh, it's a $12 million or so with uh, incentives or including incentives, or I don't know, maybe there's more, but that is not a lot of money. And maybe that, you know, it's a, it's a deal that only he would accept from the Dodgers. I don't know. I'm not in the room with Thad and all the guys, but um, this is a guy that could use. And, uh, but I guess they're going to go with Louis Barland in the rotation, which is fine.
0: We'll see. At least for now, it kind of feels like that. And I think it's apt to note that Aaron Gleeman wrote on The Athletic, went live today, near as I can tell or as much as best I can recall. Um, the Twins are running the risk of squandering all the goodwill that they had from, you know, breaking the playoff streak, advancing in the playoffs, having a what I would call a respectable showing against the Astros. Um And I'm usually the last one to kind of ring that alarm or sound that alarm. And you can have a freaking off season with one good move. You know, if they traded for Edward Cabrera, Jesus Lizardo, any number of pitchers that you and I have played badminton with back and forth in our banter. But it's still though, like it just reeks of like, what are you waiting for? And again, Gleeman's the same way, like he's not going to rip them and be like, well, you know, in December when something hasn't happened. Now we're an eyelash away from February and a couple weeks beyond that from pitchers and catchers reporting. It's time to do something, man. Yeah. And well, I don't know if I
1: feel the, the, uh, the weight or the inertia of the rest of the league. You know, the, the people from the fans of the of the other teams watching is the Dodgers add players like this. I mean, actually, for as much as the Dodgers have spent, uh, you know, they still ha- have some holes. So it's not it's not like Paxton is a huge, huge luxury, but um, you know, he, he feels a need. But there's any number of teams that could take a guy like this and uh and turn him into something to trade at the deadline or uh you know, turn them into a go from a one year deal to you know, like the Red Sox could use Paxton or the Orioles That'd have been think. a good fit. Yeah. So um you know it's not just the twins, but you know, I, I didn't read Aaron's piece, but I got the gist from a tweet, like yeah. you know, like America would do. And um, you know, they're uh I don't know like if they're completely squandering. I think people tend to panic. Um And I don't want to be like that, but, you know, there is, um, you know, there's a little bloom off the rose after what happened in uh, October last year right now. And we're kind of all waiting for the twins to, you know, yes, the AL Central is not very exciting, but, um, you know, there's bigger fish to fry out there there's a world series to win maybe. Mm -hmm. And uh, we would like to see some more uh, proactive measures taken in that endeavor.
0: I feel like Paxton in that rotation—it's—it's it's got the potential to be a really good rotation, and it's got a potential for everybody to get hurt, and then yeah. to be pitching like their number eleven starter at the end of the season. And you know, if that were to happen, you know, they're they're probably still good enough to win like ninety four games because their offense and the rest of the team is just so good and balanced. But yeah, it's it it just doesn't really make sense to me that the Dodgers are left standing with the best offer for him when they've already addressed so many needs and spent so much money. And there are so many teams who are in transition, needing pitching. The Orioles are a great, uh, a great, great example of that. And $12 million, or actually I think it's 11 base plus incentives. I think our friend Fabian of uh, Fabian Ardaya of the athletics, the athletics said something to that effect. Um, Eleven or twelve, though not that big of a deal. Uh, your TV deal or lack thereof should not stop you from giving 11, 12 million in one year to James Paxton. Am I, well, it figures right? that
1: uh, you know you're you're going to get something for your TV. You don't have, uh, you know, it is a one year contract, like you said. It is not a huge amount of money, certainly anymore for a pitcher uh, yep. relative to what they get paid. And uh, you know, the Twins are going to receive some kind of money for their TV rights. It's not, uh, you know, maybe it all won't be wrapped up for years. Um, you know, they, they won't have the, uh, uh, you know, the security or whatever of a, of a deal that goes into, uh, you know, 2025 and beyond. But uh, there's enough money to, to pay somebody like James Paxton. Now, hopefully, the trade market will open up here uh, between now and opening day. Uh, I don't know if we can expect anything by the beginning <laughs> of spring training, yeah. but um, I would expect some movement eventually. And it, we're just, just going to have to be patient, which is not our strong
0: suit. Well, and it just, to me, I don't know what's going to change between now and spring training and now and opening day other than teams getting players hurt in spring training and the demand becoming high again. And it's, Not as though other teams aren't dealing with the same thing, and maybe that's where that inertia comes from, but at some point, like, the Twins, when they started to stink at Target Field, which was pretty much every year after the opening of the stadium in 2010, like, they were good in 2010 and then just butt cheeks the rest of the next five years, um, they cut the payroll with the idea of, oh, throwing money at this isn't going to solve it, you know? Go sign Joe Blanton, he's not going to get you from... 68 wins to 88 wins obviously but uh if you've banked all that good that to use later granted they've put some of that money where their mouth is with carlos correa it's still just it's not good optics to be like you know i defended this team saying hey signing uh ricky nolasco for 50 million dollars didn't move the needle that much you can't just buy, buy your way back into the uh divisional race but again now the story of this di- offseason is not fully written either but it's looking not great and that's where i keep coming back to it's like i have been the one who's like you gotta wait you got you don't judge an off season until it's over and even i'm kind of like guys you know something's got to give something's got to happen
1: well you know yeah and i don't uh it's not that i don't care about the optics i guess i do or see where they're important, but it's a matter of making sure that you have enough pieces. And I don't think that a $12 million James Paxton is going to be an excess or is going to prevent uh, Louis Varlin from making starts or, you know, there's, you know, there's upside there.
0: Well, if you're, if you're hesitant to trade prospects, you know, like if, if the prospect trade is what's on the table, then you sign James Paxton and keep your prospects, right?
1: Yes, I mean, I, mean they, I guess they have the idea that they want to trade people who aren't prospects anymore,
0: who Good are luck. making
1: arbitration money. Good luck, or,
0: or Jorge Polanco, who's yeah a very nice player, and uh, I think he's thirty, going on thirty-one uh, in maybe June, if I'm not mistaken. But anyway, uh if nobody's going to give you what you want for him, you got to pivot and. I assume they already have. It's not like I'm telling them something they don't already know. But it's just, it's not there. And uh, I I sense the frustration, and honestly, I'm starting to empathize. Uh, Let's take a quick second. Let's talk about uh, eBay Motors, and then we will come back. uh, Maybe still talk about that. We'll talk a little bit about the trade the Twins made just over a year ago, which is one that we would love to see a mirror image of, and maybe a little Joe Maurer talk before we get out of here, but first a word from eBay Motors. So passion, drive, and patience are what bring home the winning trophy and also what keep your ride alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle, And level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. Over 122 million parts. That's not a typo. That's not me misspeaking. 122 million parts for your number one ride. You will always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay's guaranteed fit, you're guaranteed to have your part fit your ride. Every time or you get your money back, because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. So with all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions do apply. And make sure to check out the guaranteed fit, which is available only to United States customers. All right, let's swing for the fences here the rest of the way. We're into the bullpen, and over the weekend, Dave Brown, the Twins. I, I, you say celebrate? Um, it's not like an anniversary where you celebrate. It's just kind of a, you know, the Twins didn't sit and sip champagne like the 1972 Dolphins when <laughs> when the last team loses every year. But we could, plus a couple days, uh, the Twins traded Luisa Rice for Pablo Lopez. Um, Jose Salas, and then uh, Byron Churio, I believe. I always get him confused with uh, uh, Jackson Churio, who I believe is a really good player. That ain't going to happen. No. Um, But a trade that a lot of people hated because Luis Ariz had won the batting title, and he's a very likable guy. But as we look back a year later, and no surprise that the fact that the Marlins have possibly put a rise available in trade talks because of their arbitration issues. Um, I think I can pretty easily say that a trade that I liked a year ago, I think the twins are very handily ahead right now with that trade.
1: Yeah. Uh, Arise is, is a fun player and something that the, somebody that the Marlins needed. And I think they should be happy with him, but uh, you know, Pablo Lopez has been a- Exactly what the Twins needed, as you said. And he uh, was a good pitcher already before he came. And is now, uh, you know, he's coming off a season where he had a a career high, a career best uh, strikeout percentage, near his career low uh, walk percentage, uh, did not allow a lot of extra base hits, uh, you know, had an ERA about what he usually does. But he's a a couple of uh, tweaks and some luck away from uh, being a Cy Young contender, and uh, I think there's a there's a good chance it's going to happen this year. And that that would be that would make the trade ev- look even better for the Twins if that happens.
0: Yeah, I believe Arise is a year away from free agency, about ten million dollars in arbitration. And I think what's tricky with him is if Luis Arise was a free agent. Figuring out the proper AAV average annual value for the uninitiated and year total for a guy like that is so difficult because uh, obviously, a good hitter who, uh, when the hits aren't dropping, and I guess this is true for every hitter, but he can really go in the tank. Um, as noted in the second half of 2022, where he still won the batting title, but he, if he hits 280, his offensive value is markedly, markedly worse than even if he hits 300 just because of the lack of power and you know general you know he doesn't walk that much um and we don't know how long he's gonna play second base he's had a history of knee issues i don't know usually the pitcher is the more risky asset i hate calling people assets but a trickier player to evaluate would probably be a better way to put it but um i think the twins did really well uh getting out in front of it i also too think and I, I want to ask you because you might have a better national perspective of this. Uh, do you get the sense that the Twins are in the conversation or could be viewed as a team where pitchers go to get right? Kind of like uh, was a race series with the Pirates. And you got the Giants too. Some guys have gone there and, and gotten things going again. I want to say Desclafani, Alex Cobb, a few other guys. Um, are the Twins. Boys to join that mix, or is it more just Lopez was good and just needed to make a couple tweaks that he could have done anywhere?
1: I, I suppose it could be a little bit of both mm-hmm. either. Um, I think those kinds of reputations can sometimes be at the mercy mercy of whatever your results end up being, which yeah. might or might not have to do with uh, you know how well the, the pitchers are being instructed. But, Basically, uh,
0: the narrative, whatever the narrative drives,
1: you know, it, so there's a little bit of that. I think maybe sometimes that stuff can be overdone. But certainly what you don't want is a situation where um, you, you you go to a place where there's like no hope for getting better. And, you know, especially. And it, that's not the situation with the twins. The twins- like,
0: like the Orioles 16 years ago, 15 years ago, where Arietta leaves. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Exactly. You you know, you you don't want that kind of night and day stuff where you guys are the night, you know, but the Twins have a solid reputation uh, as a place where you can go and, uh, you know, be heard as a pitcher and be somebody who is going to be put in the best possible position or at least a pretty good position to win and to do your best. And that's all you want. It's not really even a magical thing or – it's it's really something quite simple, you know. Uh, you, you have a freedom, a liberty, to be yourself and be the best version of yourself, and that's what the, the twins have. So, uh, you know, you know, if Pablo Lopez doesn't necessarily win the, the Cy Young this year, I don't know if that all comes falling down or not. But um, you know, it's it's, uh, you know, and we'll see how we do with uh, they they do with 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 Louis and and some other and. Joe Ryan, it's a big year for Joe Ryan. You know, we're yeah. talking about Lopez here, but mm-hmm. if Ryan can stay healthy or just report the injuries if they happen, um, you know that that's the next guy that I, I look to to uh, kind of take a step forward and and be strong for a whole season.
0: I think a good indicator of the Twins and how they prepare their pitchers or give their pitchers the ability to prepare was, um. I follow a lot of Cardinals writers and I think it might've been Derek Gould. Who's the best, of the best out there. Um, and it was John Mozeliak and Sonny Gray kind of trying to collaborate on what the pitching department would look like. And he's like, well, can we get a guy who does this? And can we get a guy who does that? I don't think it's coincidental. He's coming from Minnesota and asking for those things, right. You know, for as much as the public perception was that he didn't like being in Minnesota because Rocco wouldn't let him pitch deep into games and whatnot. um, I think he also recognized what the Twins did for him in terms of taking him from, you know, a step further away from the Yankees where his struggles were pretty pronounced. Uh, He was good in Cincinnati and just took it to another level here. But, um, yeah, I think think the fact that the Twins have those things in place to make a pitcher like that um, should only bolster how they're viewed as – a pitching development team and not development in the sense of younger players, but even guys who maybe have hit a plateau, you know, you look at a guy like Pablo Lopez. And also I wonder what a Pablo Lopez extension would look like now, as opposed to a year ago. I mean, it would be markedly different. Don't you think?
1: Yeah. I mean, definitely. So, uh, I think it's, it's a good thing that they kind of jumped on that when they did. And it's, uh, that's that, that that's sort of another reason why it's a little frustrating that in some other cases the, the twins haven't been as aggressive as maybe we feel they should be or could be um, there because there there have been a couple of moves that they've made that have been you know kind of expensive but really good proactive uh, good ways to spend money you know it's uh you know you have to spend money to win scared money
0: it's, don't make money
1: and it's just a matter yeah. of doing it right and they seem to be in a good position right now that's that's one reason why we're kind of a little
0: anxious or eager for them to sh- strike while the iron is still hot to use do, you a think, do you think the marlins would be hesitant to make another deal with the twins or not necessarily well it's a new gm right so right yeah, yeah I, just, I just mean though uh i don't know if that's a thing like i i highly doubt it uh, but you right. know what trading in the division is a tricky thing and it's like If you make a good enough trade in your division where, yeah, you know, it stinks, you'd have to face, let's just say if, uh, if the White Sox liquidated and the twins gave them a ton for like Luis Robert, um, why would you care how good Robert is if you get enough back and, you know, it's going to take time for the prospects you have to get good anyway. I just, I always think there's just kind of this weird aura around trades where it's like, we don't want to get burned. So we won't trade in our division or whatever. And it's like,
1: Take well, I don't think – like I kind point. of said before, I think, you know, Arise gave them – gives mm-hmm. them what they kind of needed. And I don't – you know, they, they – it is true that the, the Marlins pitching last year is one of the things that kind of fell apart a little bit. We're still talking about a team that, you know, certainly competed really well. But Arise they, – they need – they got what they needed. And I don't think – you know, if you look at some of Pablo's stats, like – um slugging percentage it was the same uh, allowed that it was two years ago on base percentage the same as it was two years ago batting average uh right around what he does it was just a matter of you know a, a little bit better and i i think there's a there's a decent chance that he could have had that same kind of season with the with the marlins but arise gave them what they needed and then still need the, the marlins yeah lack, uh, offensive punch. And, uh, so to in the context of your question, would they be afraid to, I don't think so. I don't think that they've the, the Marlins have to feel like that the twins pulled one over on them.
0: I think w- the way I would term it with Lopez too and, and pitchers is how they can become better without changing their stats Is you yeah. just kind of limit the waves. You know, if right. you ride a high wave, low wave, high wave, low wave, that midpoint's the same. Well, if you limit your highs and lows, or at least your lows, um, you know you can stick around a general same ERA, a general same whatever, uh, but improve. So I don't think it's all, all that unusual to say that he improved, even though some of his numbers were pretty similar to before. Um, without naming names, because I don't know, it doesn't really make sense to name them. W- what is the format of an ideal trade... For you as far as, so I'll I'll do my format and then you can kind of follow. I would be willing to trade good prospects, possibly great prospects, but I want a young starter who I believe is healthy, healthy now, not necessarily will stay healthy because you can't really figure that out. But um, I want to trade a prospect for a starter who I'll have a, at least three years of control of, I would say. So if that's Brooks Lee for Jesus Lizardo, if it's whoever for Edward Cabrera, Edward Cabrera, Edward, what am I doing? Edward Cabrera. I'm not saying you gotta follow any of those names, but the prototype for me, for what's going to make the most sense is to pair off some of your prospect depth and get a young starter who may not be that number two this year, but you get them in your system, you find out what they're good at, you find out what they need to get better at, and you make them the best version of themselves by next year, and they're your guy. So that's what it looks like to me. I think if you trade someone like Jorge Polanco, that value coming back isn't as high, and the value leaving actually is bigger because of his clubhouse. He's been on the team forever. He's a dang good player, but teams aren't going to value him that way. So to me, the ideal most efficient way – would be to find a prospect who has crazy value in the league um, and flip them for a really, really good young starting pitcher. That's where I'm at.
1: I would agree um, with you uh, to a point. I think that if you're going to trade somebody like Lee, you've got to be really sure of what you're getting back. I think there's, like you said, there's much less uh, risk involved. when you're talking about somebody like Polanco, I I might lean toward a lesser prospect than Lee and Polanco pairing them together Yeah, for for somebody, you know, that where we're not necessarily going to, if they miss on him, maybe it isn't the end of the world. So, um, and and maybe that is kind of trading half scared a little bit. And maybe that's not the best way to do it, but I, I think, you know, for the Twins to go deeper into the playoffs this year and then maybe the year after that, they're going to need somebody about as good as Sonny Gray coming back in one of these trades or someone is going to have to sprout from the floor, you know, on the 40-man roster to do it. This
0: pitcher has to be really good. Yeah. Um, When you look back at that trade, are you surprised the Twins got... Not just Pablo, but a pretty good shortstop prospect. I mean, he had a tough year, but a good shortstop prospect, and then a lottery ticket. Besides, because you know, I know the trade values website. You know, I I'm not a big proponent of it, but it had the Twins just absolutely squashing them in trade value. Um, yeah, those things that the trade.
1: You know, I don't know about about that part of it. <clears throat> I do remember being surprised. I, I was thinking at the time. I'm kind of surprised that the the Marlins didn't get a prospect like that back in the yeah. deal just because of the uh you know the, the upside that and the importance the way the league is of having a pitch you know adding a pitcher like Pablo to your rotation. Uh but I suppose I think about player values first in terms of how good the player is rather than you know and later I think about well how much control do you have what's the salary you know, what's the I mean, th- those things are obviously important, too. And they are certainly things that the front offices look at when they make trades. So I think that's kind of where that's coming from. It was a matter of what the, the Marlins were up against at the time uh, with with Pablo's contract and what it might have looked like had they, you know, they, they weren't going to ex- sign up to an extension. That's just not what they're they're into right now. So, um, it, it, again, it was. You know, it was a matter of uh, the, the other things about that make Pablo valuable uh, coming back or less
0: valuable because he happens to be due a payday. Yeah. Well, and the, the Marlins valuing arise the way they did when the twins wouldn't even play arise at second base regularly is a curious proposition, but you know, they apparently saw enough to do him at second jazz and center and, all that crazy stuff I I can't make heads or tails of it but part of me wonders if they would play Jorge Polanco at short just to really you know really gum up that up the middle defense but um I don't know that's neither here nor there uh let's uh let's wrap with this how are you feeling about Joe Mauer's uh candidacy as we are on I believe Hall of Fame selection show Eve if I'm not mistaken. Yeah,
1: we're oh, as we as we talk, we're about uh, seventeen hours, I think, something like that, away Come from the here. announcement. Uh, the the yeah. tracker is looking good. The people who evaluate the tracker says it's looking good for Maurer. It's like uh, you know, based on you know who's who's voted for him before and their proclivities, proclivities uh conservative versus you know, and I don't mean that like politically, but uh, it, it's looking no really good. He's he's over. He's uh, almost eighty four percent still which based on, you know, my reading of it in past years would be uh, he's got plenty of cushion for the curmudgeons to come in and say, no, I'm not voting for Joe Mauer. I'm I'm an old man. No, get away from me. If that happens a lot in these ballots, I think Joe still has enough, um, you know, uh, cushion to uh, to get in on the first ballot, which is uh, a, a surprise in the long run, but a deserved one.
0: Well, I think what's funny, too, is if you and I tweeted this, if you don't think he's worthy of first ballot induction and he makes it on his first ballot, then you don't even get to vote for him at all. Which, again, if you didn't think their first ballot, that's fine. But then you don't vote for them at all. And if they make it in, that means all of your peers did think they were. And that makes that uh, to me, that draws your judgment into question. I'm not trying to be a jerk about it or anything, but just to me, um, you know, if you didn't vote for Joe Mauer just because you didn't think he was a first ballot Hall of Famer, well, I guess you're missing out. Yeah, you are, and it's
1: uh, some voters have always kind of put in that extra thing about the extra honor of being a first ballot Hall of Famer, and I guess I do too, from the standpoint of well, if he's one of the ten best players, yeah, you should go in as soon as he's as soon as he's available to. So that's what it is. It isn't so much that Joe Maurer did something that Carlton Fisk didn't do or Piazza. Yeah, uh, I, I don't necessarily think he's better than those guys. So Right,
0: because he's not. He's just,
1: but He is a Hall of Famer, and
0: by all accounts, he's going to get it tomorrow night. Well, we have to wrap up. We have 10 seconds before we go over our uh, allotted time. So, again, thanks, Dave, so much. Thanks for everyone listening. And you've been listening to and watching Locked On Twins. We'll see you tomorrow night.